Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to the Moms Talk Autism Podcast. Today I have the most special of guests on with me. This is Shannon, by the way. Um, today we have Jay on the podcast and we're going to be talking all things safety. So stick around. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. And we're back. Say hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so anyway, um, for a long time on Instagram and on the podcast, we've talked a lot about different things that we've had to do to our houses to make sure that our kids can stay safe and things that we have to do so that we're not constantly having to worry about our kids. Um, and I've shown a lot of the stuff on Instagram that I would say we, but Jay... <laughs> has done to the house basically in order to make sure that Gracie stays safe, stays inside when she should be inside um, and helps us a little bit, a little when it comes to the stress of having things happen in the household. So Jay Corsa, talk to us about Gracie. So we started off really early with her as far as making the house safe. I think being in law enforcement, um, you know, really made that a priority for me thinking about safety and security and, and what have you. And when she started reaching for door handles and understanding how they worked, and this was at our previous house. One of the first things that, that I did is went and got, um, Schleg, it's one of, you know, one of the major door lock companies, but they have a keypad door lock that's meant to be an exterior door. Um, so when you're coming into a residence or into somewhere, the keypad is on the outside. So all I did was reverse that and I put it, um, so it's the door handle, it's not the deadbolt. And I put that one on our garage and then one on our front door and then the only other access out of the house was the sliding glass door. So basically you have to know the, the code to get out of the house from the inside to the outside. And she learned very quickly that she couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and she would press the buttons. Like she understood what the door did and, and how it worked. She just didn't know the code. Uh, but what's interesting is <clears throat> because she knew she couldn't get out. I never saw her messing with it. Like, she wasn't trying to abscond. She wasn't trying to do anything um, <clears throat> because she was aware that she couldn't get out. And this came to light really when we were doing a walkthrough on this house uh, a couple of days before it was completely finished before we did our final walkthrough. And we came to this house with Maya and Gracie and we were looking around and, and um, Gracie just decided she was done. Like she wanted to go home. We'd been here for 10, 15 minutes and she made a beeline for the front door, turned the, um, turned the deadbolt on the front door and was gone. I mean, I was watching her go. She, so she wasn't gone. Like we lost her, but 
it became very apparent that she looked around and realized this house is not secure. I can get out. And she immediately went for the door when she was done. So that really reinforced that we had been doing the right thing all along and that our measures were working. Um, and we also found out that she's an absconder at that point. The only reason why she wasn't doing it was because she knew she couldn't, mm -hmm. but that really drove home the fact that given the opportunity, she's going to bolt. Yeah. And I would like to point out that you're using the word abscond. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to law enforcement. Um, so a lot of you guys will know that as elopement. And, um, you know, when Gracie was younger, I do, we would worry about her eloping when we were outside of the home. So for a long time, I would only take Gracie to certain playgrounds because I knew that they were gated, you know, or that sort of thing. But, um, Elopement is obviously really, really common, you know, when it comes to kids with autism. So that was a huge right. factor. And I had seen it a lot in law enforcement, even before I was married, before we had Gracie, um, you know, whether it's an elderly person with a you know, degenerative cognitive issue or somebody with special needs. Um, and, you know, we're talking in the early 2000s. So technology was a lot different than, um, as far as trackers, GPS things. So, you know, as we've been growing with Gracie, we've had more and more options, but initially that's how we started protecting the house was with those two um, keypads. And, um, you know, we're not like being sponsored or anything by Schleg, but I'll, <laughs> but I'll tell you the, but we could be Schleg. <laughs> yeah. But we could be is I also put one of theirs on our, outside gate going into our backyard. So, um, and that was out in the desert sun, you know, and through, um, monsoon seasons mm -hmm. for five years before I ever had to change the batteries and it was still going strong. The numbers were a little worn. Basically what I'm saying is these locks go and go and mm -hmm. go, at least the ones that I got from them. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about, uh, one of the models that, or the model that we got is it has a pass through mode. So you can, what would be the inside of the door is actually the outside of the door um, for us because we want to keep that on the inside. But on the other side, there's a little knob that you can twist and it uh, disengages the lock. So like if you're doing multiple trips with groceries or you're you know, doing a project where you're going in and out of the house repeatedly and you don't want it to continually lock behind you, you mm -hmm. can um, disengage it. So that's kind of nice. It's not Wi-Fi. It's not Bluetooth. It's just a simple keypad lock. Much so, to Jay's dismay. So adding on to that. Oh, can we pause for one second? So just because we're not video, what I want you guys to imagine is when you walk up to a front door, it's very common to see a keypad entry to get into the home. So we had that keypad entry swapped. So the keypad was on the inside of the front door and the regular handle was on the outside which means then that we had to do what to the deadbolt because. Well, so the, I don't know what you're talking about, but. In order to make sure that the door could still be locked. I just want them to understand because we had the keypad on the inside, which made the outside just a oh, regular door. So lock. basically the door handle doesn't lock, but we have a deadbolt and the deadbolt is just a normal deadbolt. So. And for anybody who's security minded or you're one, you're concerned about security is I can tell you that that door handle doesn't do jack to secure your home. <laughs> um, so the fact that the door handle from the exterior is movable. So, you know, if we don't have our deadbolt 
engaged, then anybody can walk up to our house and open the door. Um, but the door handle does not protect your home. Having that locked makes you feel better. Um, it maybe protects you in your bathroom. Like if you lock your bathroom door, then your spouse can't walk in on you. But mm-hmm. other than that, door handles are not secure because there's just not enough um, meat to grab if somebody kicks that door because it's, you know, the door handle has just a tiny little throw. So you don't have to worry about security and and not having that additional lock below the deadbolt. It doesn't really do anything. And I was a breacher on SWAT um, and, you know, it was my job to break things. So I can tell you that it doesn't do anything. Yeah. And so just so you guys can see that. So there is a deadbolt that actually makes the door secure. And then the keypad is on the inside of the door. And it is a little interesting when you do have people over and they need to be let out of the home with a code. Um. Yeah. So, you know, that's an issue as far as people, we, we haven't had this conversation with anybody. This was more of an internal conversation of, you know, like a fire hazard or what have you. Um, and some of these things are really going to depend on the cognitive level of the person that you're trying to protect. Because I know for us, at least at this point, even at eight years old, I can shout the code to a friend who's coming in and be like, Hey, here's what the code is. And Gracie's not going to pick up on that. Um, you know, so in your situation may be different where you have to protect the code. You have to like cover it with your hand. You can't say it out loud because they're going to get it. But with us, that's not a concern. Um, and when it comes to things like a fire in the house, I know that I don't believe that Gracie has the cognitive ability to understand that a fire is dangerous. Um, and if there were something bad going on in the house, I don't think she would self evacuate regardless. You know, we could have all the doors completely open. And if she did self evacuate, it would be a miracle. It would be happenstance that she saw a door open and she ran. But as far as like figuring out, I've got to get out of the house. Something bad is happening. I got to get to a front door. I don't think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the cognitive ability of whoever you're trying to protect may be different, but we also have a sliding glass door, which we'll talk about the protection on that later, but that is not uh, locked with a keypad or fingerprint or anything like that. So we have another exit available um, if we need to. Um, and I was doing a video. I, I didn't edit it. So I have this video that I have in my drafts on YouTube for um, this very topic And I did some research and based on the CDC um, numbers, you know, there's like a million house fires in America a year and a million sounds like a lot, but when you figure, you know, there's how many millions and millions and millions of homes, Mm -hmm. it's a very, very small number. And as far as how many people actually die or are injured in house fires, it's even less than that. So those of you with absconders or elopers, <laughs> you know that them getting out and getting into the street or getting lost is far more of a concern than your house maybe catching on fire. And most of the time, if you have somebody that you're concerned about, you're not leaving them home alone anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're going off to work and, and you expect them to be able to self-extricate. You're you're with them. We're with Gracie all the time. There's never a time that she isn't, or excuse me, that she is home by herself. So there's always going to be somebody here to get her out. Um, and again, if we didn't have any of these safety measures in place, 
it would be a miracle and a happenstance that she got herself out anyway. It's true. And then I think like you are a very logical human and I tend to side on the emotional side of things. And I'm bringing this up because I know there's moms out there who this is going to make very nervous because it made me very nervous in the beginning um, enough to where I had a conversation with Gracie's pediatrician um, about having locks on certain doors because I was so nervous. And we had a very long talk at one of Gracie's well checks and he was completely on board basically for all the reasons that you just said. And that is, you know, the importance of keeping her safe in her home is more important than those once off chances so that something else could possibly maybe happen. The chance of her escaping our house on a day-to-day basis is much, much higher than us having a house fire, having nobody able to help her and having her be stuck somewhere. So that was our first layer of security Mm -hmm. was those door locks. Um, The second layer is I started messing around with uh, home automation stuff and home putting together my own alarm system for the house. And um, so I had put sensors on, on the doors and the windows and using uh, smart speakers, using Alexa echoes. um, If the, if a door opened, you can, you can set it up so that it talks to you. So if the sliding glass door opened, Alexa announces through the entire house, sliding glass doors open or front doors open or garage doors open, you know, whatever window door we have it on. So we had, I put those throughout the house. So, you know, going back to the sliding glass door is we just put one of those, um, there's a whole bunch of different types of, of locks that you can get for sliding glass doors that are meant to keep you safe from people getting in. And we use one that attaches to the glass on the non sliding part of the door. And then you just flip up, um, you flip up the base. So it blocks the door from opening. So that's in place. And initially, you know, when she was small, she couldn't reach it. And now that she's taller and she also understands tool use (laughs) is she drags things over to the door to get up high enough to open it. So it's definitely not going to keep her from going outside, but it slows her down. And, you know, I can be in another room and I can hear a drag or excuse me, I can hear a a chair dragging across the floor and I know exactly what she's doing. She is trying to get to that, to that lock. So that sound alerts me. And then the couple of times I've been in another portion of the house where I don't hear that, but then the sliding glass door opens, then I hear the announcement through the house sliding glass door or patio doors open. And I immediately run out there because I know she did it um, when it's just her and I home and there's not enough time for her to, you know, get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's the second layer is, is having audible alerts of what's going on. And then from a security function, you know, from, uh, I've kind of dubbed this internal security versus external security. And a lot of times in law enforcement and just the average homeowner, we concentrate on external security because people, we, we don't want people to come into our house. We don't want people getting in that we don't want in. Uh, we want to be alerted if somebody's trying to burglarize us, what have you. So thinking about internal security and how do we protect the inside of our house from, you know, somebody with special needs. So externally though, I did put up cameras 
Um, and you know, it serves a couple of purposes other than people getting in is if Gracie does get out is we can go to the cameras, find out how she exited. And there might be other clues like the front door is open. Okay. She left out the front door, but I can tell you from doing a lot of searches for people that knowing their last known direction really helps us narrow our search and gives us a better search pattern. So if you can look at that, that, um, camera and say she was heading eastbound down the street. Well, we don't have to waste our resources going west initially. We we can start our search pattern east. Um having a timestamp. One of the things that you hear all the time is I was only gone for 30 seconds. Um you know, I I only took my eyes off them for a minute. And the thing is is kids are what I call disaster magicians. <laughs> and it's just surprising what they do in a very short period of time. You know, you can turn around and they're climbing the bookshelf and you had just literally been looking at them. So, but we also get lost in our thoughts. We get lost in what we do. And there's been circumstances where people have said, I was in the other room for one minute tops. And based on other information we have, it was 15, 20 minutes. And it's not that they were lying. It's just time dilation. And you don't understand when you start getting focused on something, how long you're actually doing it. And so if you can go back and look at that footage and go, uh, this was 45 minutes ago and they went eastbound 45 minutes ago. That gives us again, a search pattern. Um, one of the classes I took towards the end of my career was a, um, search and rescue course and it was all classroom based, but it was all about the numbers and they have programs out the software programs that you can put in age, height, terrain, everything else. And it will fairly accurately spit out your search radius, um, based on, you know, decades of data that people have put into this, where they found missing people, where they found, you know, afterwards. So it's quite amazing what that little bit of information can do to help reduce the search time and in, increase the, or improve the chances of, um, having a, a good ending to it. Mm-hmm. So that's other than the normal burglary stuff that you have cameras for. That's one of the main reasons why we have cameras all mm-hmm. around our exterior is to be able to see what's going on with her. And if she does leave time and direction. Mm-hmm. So And I think, too, this can be super overwhelming. So some of you may be listening to this and you feel like your brain is going to explode. So I just want to reiterate a few things. One is this was done tackling one problem at a time. Yeah, absolutely. The first problem was, okay, we need to make sure she can't get into the garage to escape the house or get into things that are in the garage. Okay, we need to make sure she can't get out the front door. Okay, those two things are done. Now, what do we do for the back door? And all of the things that we have purchased have been like one at a time things. It's not like we threw down 20 K, you know, in home security stuff all at once. So tackle the problems one by one. It doesn't have to be something that is completely overwhelming. Um, those Schleg locks, the keypad ones, do you remember how much those were just approximately like $109, $110? Okay. So not terrible. And then the sensors, I'm sure a lot of people have a ring system. I mean, they're really, really common right now. So the sensors aren't so, <clears throat> and I don't know like when we want to talk about this in, in the podcast as far as like brands and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, 
<coughs> excuse me. You can also think about engineering the house or engineering certain areas to improve it without some of this technology. For instance, um, in, in the first house, we, I also found out, or we found out very quickly that she knew what the garage door opener did on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, she built, uh, she moved stuff over, made herself a little step stool to get up and open the garage door, which when you're gosh, I don't know, five-year-old, five-year-old of whether they're neurotypical or not opens the garage door and you realize that they're doing that because they want to leave. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, so I re-engineered that I took it off the wall and I moved it higher, you know, where, um, it was well out of her reach. Um, Gracie has some really annoying habits for parents when it comes to like her room. Um, I just two days ago, um, bolted her bed into the wall so she can't move her bed around. Um, I, I cut off the legs on her dresser. So it's flat to the ground and I bolted it into the wall because she pulls the dresser out. She gets behind it. She, you know, that could fall on her, all these things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're constantly re-engineering the house to deal with these issues. So you could think of other cheaper ways. And again, you know, when they're three, you have some solutions that won't work when they're five, mm -hmm. because you have to figure that security is always based on somebody's cognitive ability and their physical ability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you get those little door handle things for kids that they spin around the door until you squeeze the middle to turn the door handle, well, that works on, on dexterity because a three-year-old doesn't have the dexterity to make it work cognition because they don't have the ability to understand how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some of it is height as well. Cause they don't have the height to get to where they need to go. And then as they grow and develop, these things become less effective because they get the dexterity, they get the intelligence, they get the height. So you may have a two year solution, like say for the front door, of getting one of those hotel locks, you know, that swing over and just put it really high, like super high, which we've also done. Yeah. We've also done that. Not anymore. <laughs> no. And she, cause we did that on our pantry, um, because she'll constantly get in the pantry and she figured that one out super fast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was like a six month, um, fix fix. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, you can do little things in the meantime to bolster the security and then, uh, figure on ways of improving it. Um, and then one of the things we had talked about too, is, you know, Jay mentioned the slider and what we have on the slider. And we mentioned that we have the cameras. So we have, you know, the cameras outside. Well, you know, we had all the exterior doors figured out. So we thought, and then Gracie, you know, learned and got smart and now she can get out the slider. And one day she got out the slider and was trying to climb our back fence. Yeah. And it's a, it's one of those view fences. So it's not even, it doesn't even have footholds on it. It's not easy to climb. No, but she's she a climber. Climb <laughs> and, um, so, you know, I ran out there and grabbed her and pulled her in, but she made a beeline for it. And, um, you know, had that sound not been on the door, I would not have known that she got out the door. So having that announcement through the house and, um, so, you know, I started looking into, um, 
some of you may have heard of uh, like coyote fencing, or excuse me, coyote fencing, mm-hmm. um, where basically you take, um, you, you can buy it or you can make it and you take like three inch PVC pipe and you put it on the inside. If you're trying to keep your dogs from going over the fence, you put it on the inside of your fence. And if you want to keep coyotes from coming in your fence, you put it on the outside, but basically you put the, uh, the piping all the way across the fence line and you suspend it there. So you put, you suspend it with wire or something. So basically it turns. So if they try and climb on it, it spins. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't actually get a, a hold. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at that. We were, um, looking at a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else that I did at the time, I'd been retired at this point. So I didn't have access to, um, you know, the law enforcement database, uh, that they use primarily in this County. And, you know, this is going off in the weeds a little bit, but in, in Pima County, almost every single agency, except I think two use the same database. So, you know, <clears throat> if there's, if the Pima County Sheriff's department puts a report in, um, about anything, then Morano or Valley, Saurita, um, can all look at the exact same report. And, so I called a buddy of mine who works for Marana and said, I need to do a report for my kid. And basically we took photos of Gracie and I wrote up the report for him. And I'm like, here, just copy and paste. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so he did, you know, what we call a check welfare or a um, public assist. And he made a report using our address. Um, and the report, like I said, I wrote it, but it was, here's about Gracie. She's autistic. She, you know, tends to leave. She does. And just talked about Gracie and who her parents were. And so now if Gracie gets lost, um, her photograph is in, is in the database. This report is in the database and it, um, it will help if we ever have to call in and say, Hey, Gracie Kors is missing all the cops now have a photo of her cause it's already there. They have information about, um, they can read a former report about her that we did. They know that she's not speaking. Yeah. So don't expect for her to answer questions. Right. So like if they find her ro- walking on the side of the road, um, before we called it in, you know, she's not gonna be able to say, my name is Gracie Corza. That's something that we've tried to build into her, but we, we haven't gotten it so far. Um, but, um, so it doesn't help if she's found before a report is made, but it will help us if we ever have to make that report that she's missing is now there's already a whole bunch of information. We don't have to rack our brains trying to think of things. Um, and it stuff like that is helpful. Um, and that kind of goes along. You know, I'm also a paramedic is the fire fire departments will generally encourage people who are in their due and the due is like their response area. You have first, second, third dues. So their first due is where they, that's where they're going to primarily respond to. And if you have a special needs family member, what, you know, whether we're talking like autism or you have somebody at home who has, you know, is on a vent, um, somebody who has medical issues and they're, you know, being taken care of at home, whatever is they encourage people make a binder, bring it to our department. And so bring it to the, you know, the firehouse that's in your first due. And so it's on a shelf there and 
have a talk with the people with all three shifts and say, Hey, here's, you know, this is my father. He's living at home. He's on a vent and whatever. Um, so that if they respond to the house, they already have an idea of what's going on. So I just took that same concept and put it into law enforcement that, um, we haven't had a problem yet, but if it happens, we've, we've kind of got the groundwork set. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that we did, and I know I talked about this on the Instagram page and it, it's one of those things where it made me very nervous to do it, especially being from a law enforcement family. But when we moved into this neighborhood, I created a letter and it had a photo of our family. It had a photo of Gracie and it just explained Gracie. Like this is our daughter. She is non-speaking. She's autistic. Um, she, you know, should never be out of the house without one of us. If you ever do see her, you know, this is how you can reach, you know, Jay, myself. I think I can't remember. I think we put Maya. I'm not sure on that letter. And it was one of those things where I felt very vulnerable doing it because you never know, like you, you just never know who lives by you, but the chances of it being helpful outweighed the chances right. of it not being helpful because we don't tend to let her out of our sight. It's not like we let her play in the front yard by herself. So, um, that was another thing just to make our neighbors aware. Like if you ever see Gracie outside of our home and she is by herself, like please come to the door, knock, ring the doorbell, call one of us because that's not something that should ever happen. Right. Or maybe we need medical attention. Like that's how <laughs> she that. got out. We're, <laughs> we're on the ground and Gracie's like, I can leave party. Um, so, you know, when it comes to like systems, there's so much out there. And like I said, technology is constantly improving. And, um, you know, Shannon and I have talked about doing this, this episode for a while and I'm very wordy and it's hard for me to distill information down. Um, you know, there's, think of them like ecosystems is you have different ecosystems that it, some of them will overlap and interact with each other and others won't. For those of you who are Apple people, you know, home kit, um, for those of you who, who have Amazon products, the Alexa echoes, um, ring is a part of Amazon echo ecosystem. So those, you know, those speakers work with, um, with the ring system. Um, if you're, if you're just starting to dive into this is think about what you use most. And we use both. We're, we're an Apple family as far as our phones, watches, computers, but we started off with Amazon echo and the echoes are really good for a lot of the home security stuff that we do. And they're really good for the voice controls and home kit is not as good. Um, it's cool. It integrates, with your Apple stuff pretty well, but it's less open. So if you're thinking of like, where do I start? What do I do? Take a look at what you have, what you use most and figure out what, what's going to integrate with that system. And unfortunately you're not going to be able to find one system that will do everything unless you have just a lot of money mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to pay somebody, or if you really want to um, spend all the time is you can, Really, there's programming you can do that will bring stuff together, but it, it'll take a lot. So kind of figure out what, what you want to do, figure out what ecosystem you want to work in and start building from there and really plan, plan as much as you can before you start buying, because you realize, mm -hmm. oh, this doesn't work with that. 
Um, and this doesn't integrate the way I thought it would and, and what have you. So, and the same thing with cameras is we have four different, mm-hmm. um, manufacturers and that's because I've bought different things, tried different things, um, integrated things in a haphazard way. And, um, you're not, I don't think you're going to find a single camera company that if you laid out everything that you wanted, that will satisfy all your needs. If you just want stuff for inside the house, there's a camera system for that. If you want stuff that's just outside your house, there's a system for that. You want to do both? Well, it kind of depends. Like, um, cause some companies have really good outdoor stuff. And so then, you know, the solution is put the outdoor stuff inside, but they're a little bit less, um, uh, small little, they're, they're usually, bulkier. yeah, they're bulkier. So, I you mean, should just create a consulting business. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Um, <laughs> you know, do you want to do wireless? Do you want to do wired? All these different considerations um, before you start buying stuff. Um, whether you want to save things in the cloud or if you don't trust the cloud, which don't trust the cloud. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I don't think... I don't care if somebody in China is watching our videos. Um, but I also know that it's a possibility mm-hmm. like that's if I really didn't want anybody watching our videos, I knew for to make sure absolute fact that nobody was then an Apple system, a home kit system, because the way they encrypt it, um, it can't be watched. Apple is very, very good about securing things even from themselves so that they can't look at stuff. Whereas if you look at ring, um, they've had multiple instances of their workers getting caught watching videos. They're not supposed to watch, mm-hmm. um, Ufi, which is the camera system that we primarily use mm-hmm. has some major security flaws. Um, the nice thing about Ufi is you can get their cameras with onboard storage. So you can use the cloud or use local storage. Um, but the caveat is if you want it to send you a message, like, Hey, we noticed there's movement in the backyard and send you a snapshot of that, that has to go through the cloud. So they're getting your video if you choose that option. So there's all these little things to think about. And I think know yourself, like understand your capabilities, right? Because if you are someone like me and I have a very low threshold for frustration, um, I would probably not choose the same things that yeah. you choose because you do, you have the knowledge, you have the patience, you have the determination. Yeah. If I die tomorrow, <laughs> I'm sorry. every, everything we're talking about <laughs> is gone. It will not be. It, yeah. It'll, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want, you know, the securest way to do it, if you really, really want to make sure that nobody is looking at anything is to, um, get wired cameras. And get a, um, what's called an NVR, um, instead of a DVR, you know, DVR is TiVo, but an NVR is for your security stuff so that all the cameras are plugged directly into that it's wired and it records to that and, um, make it so it's internal only, meaning you can't access it from outside the house. Um, so it's completely blocked off. And if you want to access it from outside the house, now you're opening it up to external systems. Mm -hmm. But there are ways to fix that, um, but you're going to have to have a, you're going to have to have a VPN. You're going to have to tunnel. Like there's, 
<laughs> okay, we're, yeah. we're we're rabbit holing. Now. Yeah, we're rabbit holing. I'm just saying that there's if the most secure is going to be a wired system going into your own NVR, and then you get less secure from there. Especially if you want to. Almost every baby monitor that you get mm-hmm. that is specifically a baby monitor that is not a Wi-Fi monitor, right? It works on like a 2.4 gigahertz radio signal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ones where the, you can take the little, you, you can move the screen with you throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Those are absolutely unsecure. Mm-hmm. Um, if your neighbor has one, um, you can watch their video feed and they Which can watch creepy. yours. Yeah, because it, it goes on a rotating frequency. So it has a base frequency that it uses of like 2.4, I think. Um, but then it uses like a little sub frequency to differentiate itself from the ones around it. Um, but people can look in on those, uh, very, very easily. So those are absolutely in- unsecure. Um, let's talk about our favorite invention so far. I don't know what that is. Thumbprint locks. Oh, thumbprint lock. What's interesting is I've been seeing more of these on like TikTok. Um, like, uh, like we did this years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, technology is improving. So as it's improving, it's easier, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. So we have thumbprint locks and we have a couple of variations of them. Um, or I should say fingerprint locks because you can do whatever fingerprint mm-hmm. you want on it. But so again, it's generally meant to, you know, be an exterior thing so that as you're coming into an apartment or a house that you use your fingerprint to open the door and we use them internally. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we put the fingerprints of, of Maya, Shannon and me in them. And then, um, Heather, Shannon's cousin is like our primary babysitter, go-to babysitter since Gracie's been born. And she hangs out here a lot. Yeah. So. She, so, you know, we have her fingerprints in, in the, so she can get into the pantry and get out of the house and whatever. So, you know, that keeps, um, Gracie from going into places that we don't want her to go into. I keep saying the pantry cause she would eat everything in there. She would. Um, but also, you know, we have a hall closet that has cleaning supplies in it. Um, we have one on our bedroom door because she will come in our room and, I mean, there's been times she's come in the closet and all of my shoes are like all over the floor. She's just thought it would be fun to dump my shoes from the shelving, you know, all over the floor. So those door handles are amazing for keeping her out of places that she doesn't need to be in, whether it's for convenience or safety. Right. Well, and we have kind of a big pantry, so we also Mm -hmm. use it as a safe from Gracie. (laughs) So, you know, we, we put things in there that we don't want her to get a hold of. Pens. Pens. Sharpies. Yeah, because she's dangerous with anything yes. that marks. Um, we have one on Maya's door so that Gracie can't go into Maya's room. We have one going into our gym. We have one going into our game closet mm-hmm. um, so that she can't go in there and pull the games out. Because she has dumped out all of the games and mixed up all the pieces before. Yeah, or yeah. just chewed on the pieces. Yeah. We probably need one for our laundry room yes. because she is starting to like to stand in the washer. Um, it's a top loading washer and she just likes to stand it and spin. So, I mean, you know, that's fantastic. Um, and, and you can get different types. Mm-hmm. And again, this is where you need to research a little bit. Cause right now there are two primary software companies. And again, I'm, I'm sorry to rabbit hole, but just to give you guys a little bit of information is a lot of these are mass produced in China and then companies will buy, you know, like a thousand of them. 
or 2000, whatever, and then they will flash the firmware on the device and make it their own. So, you know, one, one lock will be sold by 15, 20 different people as their own lock with their own branding when it's really the exact same lock. Mm -hmm. So there's Tuya, T-U-Y-A, and there's TT lock is the other software that you can flash onto these. And there may be others, but those are the two major ones. So if you're buying these, just look at the Amazon thing and see which software it's using. Both software works just the same. They're both good. There's nothing wrong with either one. But if you get two that are on TT lock and one that's on two, yeah, now you have two apps instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use the app to program the fingerprints to put in. Some of them have, uh, we have two different models here at the house. Actually, we have three. <laughs> um, because again, I buy different things as, as, as we, we need, need to. Yeah. And some of them are just a fingerprint. Um, one of them has numbers on it. So it's fingerprint and numbers. So you can also do a code. And that's kind of nice so that, again, when you have guests, you can just tell them what the code is as opposed to, oh, hold on, let me get out my phone. Let me open the app. We're going to have to put your fingerprint in, press it four times, go through all that. Mm-hmm. Is there's a code. And then we have a third one that is fingerprint and a code and an RFID tag. So you just take the little tag and you can swipe it across the handle and it will unlock it. And I think that's the one that we're going to get from now on. The one with the card, the one with the card, because the cards are universally programmable. So um, we just got a second one because our pantry door died after three years of use. Mm -hmm. Well worth the hundred dollars that the handle was. Absolutely. So we got another one and it's the same one that we use on our, on our front security gate. And it's got a RFID reader. So now we've got three ways and um, out by the security gate on the inside up high and hidden on a hook is one of these RFID tags. So when we have guests over that say, you know, Heather's coming over as we showed her like, Hey, your fingerprint is in here. This is the code, but also here's this RFID tag that you can swipe on it and it will work. And so now our pantry has the same thing. So you could use that tag on any of those doors because we programmed it. So the software is going to program these doors uh, depending on what options the the handle has. So just make sure that you're getting, uh, you know, the same. Again, there's a hundred lot, easily a hundred, maybe 200 different versions of, of all these locks, but they're running on one of those two softwares. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're all Bluetooth so you can move it from the app. You can unlock it or, or lock it from the app. And um, they also have Bluetooth hubs. So you can plug it into your um, home network so that the locks talk to the hub. And then if you're out of the house, you can unlock it. So, you know, you're out on date night and the babysitter's like, uh, for some reason, my thumbprint's not getting into the pantry. You could remotely unlock it from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and then there's ones that are Wi-Fi also. Mm-hmm. And there is one, I can't remember the company. There's one company that has a specific deadbolt for um, their marketing it towards uh, elopers, whether it's adults mm-hmm. or kids. Yeah. And what's different about this deadbolt is, you know, the keypad's going to be on the outside because it's a deadbolt and you want people having access. But, 
there's an option to remove the lever on it. So you can take off the faceplate, remove the lever, put a little, um, put a little like shim in there and then mm. put the, put it back on. So now on the inside of the house, there's no way to unlock it unless you have the app mm -hmm. and then you unlock it from the app, which could be problematic. Um, but it's, it's another option. Nothing and, is perfect. Yeah. Nothing is perfect. There's none of these things are going to give you exactly what you want. Um, but they'll come close and you just have to weigh the pros and cons. So is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on before I sort of shift a little bit? Probably, but go ahead. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Trying I don't to think know till else, I know. I know. I'm trying to think what else we have in our house. Um, so what I'm shifting to is we've mentioned a lot of things. Um, I will put links in the show notes so that you guys can access the things that we have talked about. The second thing is your YouTube. Published yet? Not published no. yet? No. Okay. Jay is working on a YouTube channel. Are you still working on the YouTube channel? Uh, Can you publish what you've done thus far on a YouTube channel? Uh, <laughs> Jay is trying it? to put together a YouTube channel um, where he goes over a lot of these things um, and explains them. I've made a lot of videos. I just haven't actually like edited them. Like making them is the easy part mm -hmm. going through and editing and because they're very long, you guys. So he has to be able to edit them because otherwise no one's going to watch them for that long. Somebody might. You would. I mean, there's, pe <laughs> there's people with insomnia. It's true. And it's people true. who take a long time in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, and I think a lot of the stuff I could imagine not having lived with you all of these years. I mean, we've had Gracie for eight and a half years now, and these are small changes that we've made anytime there's been a new issue. I can imagine that people's head wants, like my head would want to explode, probably. Um, you guys could be a household where literally all you need is a thumbprint lock to keep your kid out of a laundry room. <laughs> like, don't think you need, you don't necessarily need all of these things. So like take it problem by problem. I tend to get very easily overwhelmed if there's just too many things. So understand that just because this is stuff that we have in our house, it doesn't mean that you need all of these things yeah. in your home. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I will also share links on the Instagram page when this is released um, so you guys can access stuff there and in the show notes. And just so you guys know, when you click on the podcast episode, um, when you scroll down and it explains the episode, those are the show notes. I've had people reach out and ask, what are the show notes? Um, it's right under where you hit play on the episode. So yeah. we'll have stuff linked there. Hopefully, Jay will do a YouTube channel. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because he is a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to all of these things. Oh, another thing. Have the cameras set up so that we can watch them on our TV. Mm -hmm. So that's yes. through HomeKit. But you can also do that if you have like an Amazon Fire TV or fi you know, Fire Stick. Um, and that's nice because you can like in, in what we call our gym is... Shannon can have, you know, something from Beachbody playing on the screen. And then in the lower side, we can have a camera up in mm -hmm. picture in picture mode. So you can be watching Gracie's room. Um, so we can, uh, when we have people over and there's people out in the pool area, we pull up the pool camera. So mm -hmm. it's on this 60, no, 75 inch. 
Big, so. really big TV. Well, I want them to know. Like, cause <laughs> if it's, I don't want to say it's 65, it's 75, right? Um, but uh, Size matters. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Um, so it's right there in the living room with, you know, so you can look at that that pool and we always have we have a rule that there's an adult at the pool i was gonna say please insert times. a disclaimer yeah. that there's an adult house there's there. an adult okay. at the pool at all times it's just an extra layer yeah that you can watch um and uh you know if you as much as like i said you can Ufi has its security issues you know if you don't care that somebody from china may be watching um is or any system that's similar is they have the wireless um, battery operated outdoor cameras. And what you can do with one of those is <clears throat> say, say you only need a couple of cameras, but you, you kind of want some flexibility is you can get one of those and get a little tripod for it, like a little mini tripod. And, uh, now you have a portable camera that you can put in their room that you could put out in the backyard that you could, you know, today uh, you're going to be doing something and you want it in the living room whatever. Um, you have a babysitter over and you still don't feel completely hundred percent with that babysitter. So mm -hmm. you want to put a camera in a special spot, whatever point is, is you now have a mobile device, that battery operated thing that's to the rest of the system. So you, so you have a little bit of mobility. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, and depending on what state you're living in, I should probably make a disclaimer that there are some, uh, uh, states that you absolutely, I'd say most states that somebody has to be aware that they're being videoed. Mm -hmm. Um, Arizona, not the case. Um, I did not know that. No, we're, we're what's called a one party state. Mm -hmm. Um, so only one party needs to be aware that it's occurring. However, I'm glad there's a, however, go on. <laughs> if you're leaving your house, like say we have a babysitter, well, we're out of the house. So we're no longer that one party, which means they have to be made aware of it. Yeah which we want to like the, the whole idea of the, mm -hmm. of the nanny cam of, of, I want to get video of my nanny beating my kid. Well, how about you just tell them there's a camera so they your don't, kid doesn't <laughs> yeah. So they don't beat your kid. Right. So we let them know, you know, when we've had ABA mm -hmm. and it's like, there's a camera here, there's a camera, there's a camera, you are being watched. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first respite person that we had, we said, you're not allowed to take her anywhere. There's not a camera mm -hmm. that she has to be in a camera room. And that is one of the reasons we got interior cameras. Yeah. You know, we, everybody listening to this, you guys have therapists in and out of your house all the time. Um, and that was really important to us to make sure that there were always eyes on a third party if they were going to be with Gracie because she didn't have the ability to tell us what was happening. Um, and we are, that's one of the first things that I say if I'm talking with a respite company or I'm talking with an ABA company is we have cameras in our home. And they are going to be on camera the whole time that they're here. Yeah. Um, it's just one of our things. So know what state you're in and, and what you have <laughs> Look to disclose. Look up those laws. <laughs> yeah. And it's not only for your protection. It's, um, you know, unfortunately, it, worst case scenario, somebody does something to your kid and now you have physical evidence of it, but that evidence becomes inadmissible because you didn't follow the law. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they get away with it. That's don't want that to happen. Don't want that to happen. But okay. So we're going to wrap up because we're at we 50 are. minutes, but you guys, obviously I'm sure I there are hours more. I know you do. So Jay has hours more. So why don't you guys do this? You've listened to this episode, hopefully without skipping through. 
hopefully enjoyed all 51 minutes and three seconds of it. Um, if you have any questions, email us. Hello at momstalkautism.com. Um, maybe in the subject line, throw down security or J security. And maybe what we'll do is if we get enough questions, we'll do a part two. And right, we can questions. have you, yeah, we can have you back on. So ask questions so I can come back. <laughs> um, so she sits in this closet by herself and I want to be, I want to be here too. Okay. So maybe we can have a J security installment, um, you know, quarterly on the podcast or something. Um, but if you guys have any questions at all, hello at momstalkautism.com. Um, if you like the episode, we would love and appreciate any review, um, five star, obviously, if you love us. Um, but if your player allows for a written review, if you wouldn't mind dropping us a written review, it just helps us find more families. It helps them find us. It helps us reach more people. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, Jay Corza, normally we end the episode with a peak of the week. Um, and I'm surprising you with this. So in the last week, one great thing that's happened. What is your peak of the last week? Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. I'll go first. Um, fall break is here, um, which will probably make no sense because I don't know when this one is going to air. But um, Gracie and I and Maya took a field trip yesterday to Lowe's and brought Gracie in. And if I'm completely honest, I will normally put Gracie in a cart because she can be hard to handle sometimes. Like she likes to run around. Um, but we went in to the Lowe's garden department, you know, disclaimer, there's only one exit. So it's a lot easier to <laughs> keep her there. But um, we walked around and we looked, we looked at flowers and Gracie thought it was fun. She giggled, she smelled the flowers um, and we picked out some flowers and we planted them yesterday. And it was fun. It was just fun to have an outing with her where, um, I didn't feel like I had to be on all the time, I guess. Like she was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. Um, and it just went really well and it was just fun. That's my peak in the last That's week. Yours. Yeah. What do you got? So a couple days ago, maybe two or three days ago, I just, I have days where I can't deal with humans, whether they're my humans or other humans. And there are days where Gracie is not being bad. She's not, um, she's not doing anything that is abnormal, but every little thing bothers me. And, um, I was having that day where every little thing bothered me and I was very frustrated. And I even texted Shannon cause she was out and she knows if I text her ETA, that means I, I need you home. Like I'm done with things. <laughs> Not like, Hey, how's your outing? What's going on? You know, it's ETA. I need to know when you're getting back. So I have like a, a goal to get across, but I was sitting on the couch and Gracie came over to me and, um, she just, she goes, she said, daddy. And then she gave me a hug and then she walked off. And I'm like, does she like, it's really hard at times to know what she's thinking, but it was so uh, purposeful. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, I know I'm putting into what I want to think this was, but it was to me, it was, you're frustrated. I'm sorry. And so she said, daddy, and she hugged me and then, and it was a good hug. And then she walked off and I was like, okay. Cause normally when she says daddy, it's followed up by like cookie. cookie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was very specific. Like she said, daddy, 
to get my attention, to give me something. And then she just walked away without asking for anything. And she doesn't usually do hugs like that. Unless oh, it's no, like she bedtime. does not. So, well, and that's, I was a little bit confused. Like, do you think you're going, cause sometimes at 3 PM she'll be like, night, night. I'm like, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not bedtime, but that this was not that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll choose to believe what I, what I wanted to be. I love it. So I will also believe that. All right, guys, 55 minutes. We are out of here. Thank you guys for listening today. And don't forget if you have more questions about security stuff, hello at momstalkautism.com. We will see you next week. <laughs>